program was paid for by the host. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JBC Broadcasting, management, or its sponsors. Overdrive Radio. Protect your car, protect your family, and protect yourself from getting ripped off. Hello and welcome back to Overdrive Radio. This is your host, Mike, and along uh, right next to me in the studio, we have the lovely Taryn. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. So how are you doing with this quarantine thing? I'm good. I was actually very productive this morning. I was looking at the clock and I had a cheesecake in the oven and I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I need it to be done. <laughs> I, I, I need it to taste that It finished about a minute ago. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, you know, I want to say uh, back by popular demand, we've had a lot of uh, people um, kind of uh, uh, thank us and, and, and um, got some really great productive emails uh, on the uh, what happens, you know, to my car during quarantine, what's the best thing to do with it. And um, uh, there's also something that's very important. You know what April is, right? No, tell me. April is car care month. Oh, yes. So um, since, you know, your car deserves a month <laughs> uh, out of the year. <clears throat> well, I mean, after all, uh, for if, if you own a home, your car is your you're probably second, um, like monetarily or do- dollar wise, second largest in investment. If you uh, um, there's a the people that spend you more don't time. Own, own a home. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's your largest investment and there's people that spend more time in their car than their house absolutely absolutely unless of course you have specialty tools like our technicians and stuff then that's your largest investment but yeah you know um but typically speaking absolutely i mean you know in in any metro area whether it be the orlando metro area or whatever other big metro area um where there's a lot of commuting happening to get to work and back and all that good stuff which you know believe it or not it will come back to it you know uh slowly but surely but it will it's getting there yeah it's definitely getting there so uh you know we've we've heard that the beaches uh, some of the beaches already started i know i read they started like in in small doses though yeah morning evening that type of thing i, I know i read in the J- jacksonville and this area. is in florida we're talking so. yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. well yeah. I'm not sure about everyone. No, no, I know. Um, it's, uh, again, it's going to be a state by state, and it's going to be um, based on what the governors deem right. Because it's funny, because part of what we're going to talk about today is I know the um, Charlottesville tomorrow. I know Charlottesville, uh, Virginia was in the uh, headlines, uh, made headlines a few times <laughs> in the Over past, the but, yeah. you know, um, uh, the the paper that whatever there's a there's a great article there about what happens to my car during quarantine and and there's a few things I wanted to kind of highlight in there, but before that I want to talk about this uh, car care National Car Care Month. Um, so what does that mean for people? Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, first of all, why pick April to be the National Car Care Month? Um, April is literally signals the end of um, winter and beginning of spring you know spring starts what typically uh what is it march 21st somewhere along 22nd that. 21st somewhere the, the 22nd is earth day is it yeah always ah, cool 
All right. Well, uh, March, not April. No, April 22nd. Uh, no, we're not talking March. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyhow, uh, March 21st signals the, the, the beginning of or the end of the winter, beginning of uh, uh, springs. And, you know, April is definitely the natural choice because remember, most 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 of the country, obviously, uh, gets harsh winter. Um, uh, here in Florida, we do get definitely a difference in in um, the weather, uh, yeah, not necessarily. Can, but you t you can sense a difference between summer and and winter and winter. Well, I mean, you know, summer for us, or maybe well, starting now since we're having such huge um, storms outside. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it it, it this. Uh, Obviously, now is the beginning of the rainy season for us here right. in Florida. So there's definitely a lot of similarities and definitely a change of season. Uh, that's the reason why uh, April is is car care uh, month, because there's definitely a lot of changes that do affect your car. Um, be, it, uh, be it the dryness here in Florida or be it the winter, the harsh winters, uh, you know, up north. And I know we have listeners in in. Um, up north, uh, obviously we're in Florida, but you know we do have a lot of listeners up north. Like, would this be the time if you lived? Because I never lived in a situation where I had to have like snow tires, like chains on my tires and stuff. Is this kind of the time where people in those parts of the country would start to take those things off their vehicle? Well, well absolutely. I mean, I want to talk about how to <clears throat> how to help your car recover from winter. And again, be it uh, the fact that it, it's it, really it's not just the fact that it was winter and then obviously winter is the harshest month of the year, a uh, month of the year, uh, or I'm sorry, a season of the year. And it has the harshest months of the year. Um, however, um, you know, uh, even here in Florida, we, you know, we, we do have, it does get cold at times. Uh, there are mornings that are in the thirties. Yeah. Uh, we had a few cold mornings. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it was, um, what was it like? The uh, day before yesterday, it dropped into the 60s again yeah, which after having a 94 degree day. Yeah, which I is mean, cold for us. Yes, absolutely. Well, it, it's not just cold for us. It's the fact that it swung 30 degrees overnight. Your body just just takes a while to acclimate. Yeah. And, and, and an overnight shift like this, I mean, if that affects our bodies that way, how do you think it affects cars? So, well, you know, it's kind of the same thing with your house. Do you notice in certain times of the year, I'm just going to say like a door, for example, mm -hmm. where you can open and close the door, but then certain times of the year, because this has happened to me where the door can't, it because the house shrinks and expands with Of course, temperature. with heat and temperature and coolness and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden the door starts having problems. <laughs> it's dragging. And, um, well, I mean, it, it, it's funny. It's um, one of my... One of our customers the other day said to me, uh, yep, this is the bipolar weather in, in, in Florida. You know, one second it's 94 and next second it's 64 or 60. So how does that affect the car? Well, any change like this does. Um, be it, you know, having to start first thing in the morning. Uh, there might be things that you probably should do, let the car run for a little bit versus, um, you know, just start and go because the car is is not far off normal operating temperature if it's like 90 degrees for, you know, for crying out loud. So um, anyways, uh, so talking about 
uh, you know, the car care month, we want to highlight a few things. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that I think is going to happen because of this, this virus thing that we just had or having, uh, still, you know, I, I'm hoping I'm being very optimistic that we're at the tail end of it. Um, you know, uh, listening to, to the president and listening to, um, the health experts. But I don't know. I think it's like a new, it's a new normal that we're experiencing. I, I agree. I think it's going to, um, uh, it's going to be a different norm. Um, and I like the fact that they're going to do this in phases because it, it's going to bring back, I think, everything under control and, and, and safety and keep it safe. Uh, the fact of the matter is that um, at the end of the day, the most important thing to everybody and everything is safety. So, you know, having to come back and reintegrate back again and do everything. It, it's uh, the most important thing again is, is how to do it safely. You know, we um, started looking for plexiglass cause we're going to be putting in front of our, um, in front of the counter plexiglass. Yeah. And I think a lot of businesses are starting to do that. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to come by. Um, I do want to say something about that. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, I did buy plexiglass before. Um, for i can't remember i think it was like 60 bucks and um went to one of the big stores let's not say names and the same plexiglass was for 217 dollars yeah i mean and they're saying when i went to one of them they were like you have to get it because it's going off the shelves really fast because it's like the new normal everybody yeah, but that's ridiculous i mean six months ago i could get it for sixty dollars yeah uh you know i'm talking about a sheet of what is it four feet by eight feet or nine yeah, feet or so whatever feet by eight that's like the normal yeah track. um and it was sixty dollars and now um they tell me it's $217. I literally sent somebody over to, to, to um, you know, get it for our store. And, and yep. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like everything things, you know, the, the, the items that are kind of the most wanted, be it toilet paper, paper towels, wipes, hand sanitizer are the prices going up because. Yeah, but that's ridiculous. I think that that should go under price gouging. Wow. When it goes from, from $60 to 217, that's what, multiply it by I mean I do almost think, four I mean I do think that the price of I think the plexiglass is a good thing and I, I don't give me the supply and demand I think bowl. it would help but here's the <laughs> thing mean, though you know, let's I go think, from 16 to 9 I know 60 I, to 217 I think that it's going to help businesses and it kind of creates that social distance so to me reduce the price so that more people can access it absolutely you know absolutely I'm I'm all for that I think I think it's it's um, it's definitely something that should be done. That people, um, you know, they need to make it more. I, I, you know, again, this is something for the government. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I say this because, uh, hey, if you want to help the social distancing thing, and you want us businesses to, uh, especially businesses that are essential, stay open. Um, Again, I'm optimistic that we're at the tail end of this. Um, yeah. that just essential businesses that, are that need to stay open. I think what you need to do is you need to allow for these things and, and possibly, uh, you know, uh, go in there and kind of help control the price. 
listen, I understand these big chains, um, you know, uh, contribute a lot and do a lot for economy and things. But at the end of the day, honestly, to allow a, um, a chain or two chains or five chains to dictate. Um, now, it might not be the chain itself. It might be the fact that, um, uh, you know, that their suppliers are hiking up the price. That's but again, what's going on. But again, that's something that the government needs to step in and say, hey, come on, man, this this goes under price capture. I mean, what's the now, difference? Have... What's the difference of doing this uh-huh. to the guy that's that's selling gasoline it goes up from 250 or 220 to $6 under a hurricane watch or a hurricane warning what is the difference in that there's absolutely no difference yeah they're taking advantage of the situation or is it because it's it's a big supplier that is quote unquote behind the scenes <laughs> that nobody's touching i mean this is not something that that uh, uh, I think the government needs to take a look at this, and it's it's something that I you know that needs to be done. And I, I you know, we, we kind of veered off the subject <laughs> to talk about this, but it's something that that I think will help everybody keep everybody safe. So, anyhow, we need to take a break. However, when we come back from the break, um, we are going to talk about how to help your car recover from winter, be it up north or be it down south here in Florida. Talk to you in a minute. Florida Man Radio. Like hanging out with the boys in the shop. We're talking cars and a whole lot more. Overdrive Radio. Hello and welcome back. This is Overdrive Radio brought to you by Universal Tire and Auto, home of the Buy Four Tires. Get a free alignment. So before the break, we were talking about this price gouging thing, and I know one of our uh, listeners, and I, we really, really appreciate that, um, sent us the um, national uh, no price gouge uh, phone number. So go ahead, Karen. It's um, the Attorney General. It's one eight six six nine no scam. So can you read it out? One eight six six nine. No scam. No. <laughs> What's the number? But it's so much easier to um, remember it if you say to people like the word. I wouldn't you remember? But... Wouldn't you remember a phone number better if I said to you like one eight hundred universal? Let's say that that that's not our number, but let's just say <laughs> you would remember that so much easier than the numbers. Uh, what if my phone doesn't have the letter? Uh, so no, what are the all numbers? Phones, <laughs> all phones have the letter. <laughs> I'm actually happy about the rain. This uh, this uh, this thing's gonna wash away. Hopefully, some of this pollen that's out there is killing me. All right. So we were talking about um, the spring time uh, things to do. Uh, springtime being uh, or April being the uh, car care month. Uh, things to do for your car uh, when it comes to. Uh, how to help your car recover from that winter. You know, speaking of allergies, here's my question. You know how when you go to your car, when the pollen starts to fall mm-hmm. and it's all over the car yes. and you can wash it off. Is it possible for that pollen, does it get into the parts of the car and the engine where it would circulate inside of the car for the AC system? Uh, yes. One of the things that I always encourage people to do um, and that's that's something really important. I believe that you need to do it at the end of every 
um, spring. So, you know, maybe middle of May, end of May, uh, that cabin air filter. And it's it what what it does literally is it filters what you breathe, be it you're using the AC or uh, the heating system inside the car. <clears throat> that is a good time. It's, it really is supposed to be replaced once a year, once every two years based on, on uh, usage and based on the area and pollen and contaminants and all that stuff. Uh, however, I do believe that it needs to be done um, no later than the end of the pollen season. Uh, here in Florida, obviously, <laughs> there's yeah. no end to the pollen season. So no, it um, comes back over and over again. Yeah, it's just different plants. So anyways, going back to uh, what to do and how to help your car recover from um, the winter. Uh, spring car maintenance. Now, uh, there are definitely a few things to check. Uh, what is, uh, you know... Uh, that, that to check to make sure that your car is going to last through now. Because remember, you go th through um, from one extreme to another. In a lot of parts of this country, uh, the extreme, the first extreme being the winter, being really cold, and then it goes into a hot extreme. I'm from Michigan, and, you know, in the winter, we could see a negative 30. We could see an, a 30 below. Oh, my God, I can't imagine. <laughs> and then in the summer, it can go, get up to 110. So... If you're looking at that kind of a contrast yeah. of 130 degrees, you're talking about two peaks, one obviously being in the negative. Um, so it's not a peak, it's uh, the opposite, whatever they call that. And then the other one being the peak in temperature uh, at 100, 110. So uh, there's definitely things to do to kind of um, recover from that winter and at the same time get the car ready and prepared for the other peak that's coming up, which is in the summer. Now, the first thing to look at, in my opinion, I think tires. Um, obviously, if you're in a, uh, as you were saying earlier, um, if you were in, a, in, in what we call the snow belt, um, it's definitely now is the time to take off those snow tires that could seriously damage the roads. <laughs> and by the way, though, if people do have questions, we're accepting um, text messages right now during the show. So oh, it is, uh, you can text us at 407-995-9665 with any question you have regarding the car maintenance, wherever you are. Again, that's 407-995-9665. All right. So um, the first thing, like I said, I'd look at is, is, uh, is the tires. Take off those uh, if you're in the snow belt area. So we're going to talk for the whole country. And, you know, I know we've got some some listeners uh, in different continents in Europe and Africa and uh, Latin America. So we really appreciate everybody. And, and we'll try to answer questions as they come. And we'll try to do whatever. Um, if, if there's different set of circumstances, please just kind of clarify them for us. So we're talking about the right things here. Um, so taking off the those... Um, those uh, snow tires and and uh, putting on um, the proper tires or the all season tires. Uh, in my opinion, you should always put all season tires on on your car because I, and I don't care if you're in Florida. I don't care if you're in 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 uh, North Dakota. Uh, I'd still do the same thing. I would always put all season tires. Now, obviously in North Dakota, you're gonna have those snow tires on for a little bit. Well, are there tires that are not all season? Yes. 
Yes. There are tires that are high performance, ultra high performance. I mean, there's, there's like a million different categories of tires. So they're racing tires for crying out loud, you know? Yeah. So it, you know, they're made for speed. They're not made for uh, traction. So, and it's all, by the way, is what we call, I know we've done an episode where we talked about tires. Uh, everything goes under that uh, category that's called the UTQG, which is uh, a government testing that looks at um, uh, tread wear, traction, and temperature, how the tire reacts to these things. So anyhow, <clears throat> I think we have that on Spotify, right? Yes. Okay, so uh, that episode should be on Spotify for whoever would like to go back and listen to it. Well, we do actually have a question that came in um, from Maria. They, they're like the snowbirds that come to Florida. Oh, they come cool. from Connecticut, and then they stay in Florida, she said, for about two months mm -hmm. in the winter, but they do drive. And so she actually did have that question about because they don't really hit the winter months up in Connecticut because mm -hmm. they're here in Florida – what type of tires would they need? I would definitely for her use the all season because you're gonna, um, you're gonna, uh, and, and you need something that's gonna have high numbers because it starts with the tread wear and that number, it starts to become decent really around the 500 mark and then goes on up. Obviously, if you want to get into the Michelins of the world, you can get up to the 800s. But a decent tire can be mm -hmm. in the five to 700 range. Um, a lot of manufacturers that make really great tires that are all season. Uh, you want the temperature and the traction to be A's. The reason being- What does that mean? What do you mean traction be A's? Uh, Is that going to be B on the tire? A. The rating on it be an A. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, become or uh, not be like as in a B. Um, <laughs> I know it's so you want, you want so they need to be like a five star basically exactly okay. so an A is in like A B C okay. D yeah I thought it was like a specific type of yeah you okay. do not want to do a, a tire that's rated C I don't care if you're in Florida California wherever just stay the heck away from so those a C tires. would be equivalent to like a two star really absolutely this the, the tire like that you take a corner you're gonna slide slip and slide everywhere yeah. So um, it's something that's going to stick to the road, something that's going to help you out in case while you're driving these long distances from here to Connecticut, you run across some severe weathers. Uh, this will keep you on the road, keep you safe. Um, and then, of course, the temperature is important because you have a severe uh, difference in temperature. Well, actually, you, you really don't have differences, but you have a severe temperature because you're going to go up to Connecticut. Connecticut does get hot. It gets into the 80s and 90s. Um, and then uh, the other times you're in Florida, it's also 80s and 90s. So you're going to be around that 80, 90 mark. So you need something that's high in the temperature rating as well, which is an A as well. Like, again, oh, alphabetical <laughs> A, another five star. A five, star five star A. Yeah. Um, any questions about that, please feel free to give us a call at the uh you know, at work, and we'll be more than happy. The number to that is? So Universal Tire and Auto, that's 407-636-4033. And right now we are open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 p.m. Yes. And temporarily. That's to just temporarily for, for, for this uh, pain and the you-know-what <laughs> of whatever's happening. And I hope everybody's staying safe because, really, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. I do want to say um, – um, uh, a story, a funny story. Now that we're talking about being safe, um, I had a real good customer come in on Monday, I believe, um, 
And he's, he's, I think by far our oldest customer, he's 95 years old, 95, 96. He, he constantly reminds me that he's 95. <laughs> um, so, and, and it's funny cause I was really surprised to see him out and about, um, you know, during this, uh, and he's not, you know, in quarantine and whatever. And he drives, he, he's, he's, you know, very healthy, knock on wood, doing great. And I said to him, I said, so without mentioning names, I said, uh, how you doing? He said, this side of the ground, thumbs up. That side of the ground, thumbs down. No, I'm good, man. I'm up here. <laughs> so, hey, it's all perspective. It's all how you take it. It's all how you look at it. So anyhow, back to the tires. Um, so you're going to change the tires. You're going to look at it. One thing that's really important is, you know, go to one of the parts stores, grab you a, a dollar. Literally, it costs you probably a dollar. Wait, grab you a what? You just said grab a dollar. A dollar's worth of an air pressure checker thingy. <laughs> an oh, air the, gauge. Tire, the air gauge. So you need an air gauge. You really do need an air gauge. And, and you know, it, it's really that not that expensive. As a matter of fact, I think, you know, um, we do get them in, in like, bunches and we give them out a lot you know i i don't think we have any right now but we do but all so the but here's a question okay so here's the huge disclaimer mm. part there are a lot of gas stations that offer you free air yeah and they also check the air are those accurate you know we, remember in the tire episode we talked about that because we had a customer do you remember that customer um we had set the tires uh for her um I remember she had a Corolla. Yeah. We had set the tires for her at, um, I can't remember. It was like 34. Um, she went to a Wawa's, right? Uh, yeah, one okay. of those places. One of those, yeah, places. one of those places. And she said, you know, she called really upset. <laughs> oh, my God, these tires, you know, they, they needed to be aired. Now, none of the lights were on, mind you, <laughs> uh, to warn that something's wrong. However, obviously, that gauge was, was off, the one at the the free air thing at Wawa's or whatever company it was. Yeah. Um, when she came back to us and she aired up all the tires and now the light came on. So she came back to us and she said, I don't know what happened. I, you know, so we looked at it and now the, the pressure that's supposed to be at 34 is at 40 something. <laughs> Which it, it too much. Which too much is too much, by yeah. the way. Uh, in, in really the entire situations, you may have issues there. So um, anyways, we set them back to the right thing. And of course, the tire light went out and that tire light for uh, or what we what we call a TPMS system or a tire pressure monitoring system is it's extremely important in cars. Please follow it. If you have a problem, that light will come on. I promise you they do work. So, yes. Anyways, so that was the first thing. The tires, if you have any issues with the tires and you're here in the central Florida area, come on in. Uh, we'll be more than happy to check them out for you, let you know. Uh, windshield wiper blades. That's definitely the second thing. Now, some people will say, well, I'm not up north because, you know, in the north, you're, you're, you've spent three months, four months kind of moving off snow off your windshield. Yes, they're going to tear. They're going to problem. They're going to stick to the windshield, etc. It, but hey, I'm in Florida. Why is that going to be important? I won't tell you why. You're not using them. It's not the rainy season. Um, what happens to rubber when it's not used is it dries. And once it dries, it starts cracking. Once it cracks, you're going to start having these nice little streaks. Yeah, because <laughs> if you leave your car out, even in the winter, winter time in Florida with the sun, yeah. it still beats down. Absolutely. And then remember something. You're coming up on season, which by the way, the same thing, 
to retract back to tires, since tires are also rubber, uh, is the fact that you are coming up now on something um, in, in Florida where it's going to be 90 some degrees. The pavement is probably 100 degrees, maybe 110, 105, whatever. And you're driving on it. And then all of a sudden, the rain comes down. It drops it down to 50 degrees. That shock to rubber is not very good. And if it's marginal, the rubber has dry rots or dry cracks in it, it may not be good. And that goes for both um, the uh, uh, tires as well as the wiper blades. So, again, that's something very important. Another thing uh, to look at is the body of the car. Um, listen, I understand that, um, you know, people – uh, up north, they have to get the salt off. But hey, man, I'm in Florida. What do I do? Well, guess what? Right now, you're going out to your car, and your car is instead of blue or white or purple or it's, whatever it's color it is, it's actually green and yellow. <laughs> get that um, pollen off of it. Not for um, uh, if you don't have allergies. That's wonderful. I'm happy for you. I do, <laughs> but um, it, you know. It, get it off for the simple fact that it actually does and can, with the sun being beat down on it, destroy your paint. So, mm. yes, that's something that's definitely people don't look into. Now, when we come back, we're, we're going to continue uh, talking about, we need to take a break. So, But when we come back, we need to talk about this, uh, continue talking about these uh, few items that we need to look at to kind of, uh, ease the car out of winter and then get it prepared into uh, the summer. Join us after the break. These days, we spend half our lives in our cars. We're here to help you handle the roads and the repair shop. Overdrive Radio. Welcome back to Overdrive Radio, powered by Universal Tire and Auto on 105.5 Florida Man Radio. We are buy four tires, get a free alignment, and you can visit us at universaltireandauto.com. So we're talking about car maintenance, and if you have a question, you can send us a text to 407-995-9665, and we might, might be able to answer it on the air. All right, so um, going back to the things that we need to kind of do to um, ease the car or kind of take out the car from the winter mode into um, um, the summer mode. <clears throat> um, one of the other very important issues is brakes. Um, brakes actually, believe it or not, work much harder in the winter. Now, again, we're talking about our uh, northern cars. I was going to say because the winter here is yeah. so bad. Oh, yes. However... For us in Florida, the hardest time on brakes is in the summer. Yeah. So what you need to do is to get the car. So it's kind of a, the same thing. However, it's not recovering. It's getting it prepped to, um, uh, to be able to perform at its peak or its best. The reason being is, again, the same thing that I was talking about with the um with the tires the same thing goes for brakes you're driving you're hitting the brakes the brakes uh operating temperature can go up to about 1500 fahrenheit by the way that's very hot <laughs> so don't ever touch the brakes uh, after driving the car uh, you will get burnt and i can show you a few scars <laughs> <laughs> um but 
uh, you're driving and it's let's average it at five, six, seven hundred, a thousand are, you know, um, Fahrenheit, depending on obviously if it's a stop and go uh, traffic or you're on a highway and you're kind of just touching the brakes every now and again. Um, and then all of a sudden it starts raining and yeah. this rain, you know, is 50. The water is 50 degrees and it starts to hit the metal. What do you think happens to the metal? So brakes, well, it's going to distort. And now again, I go back to German engineering <laughs> and I say, um, on most European cars, especially German cars, they have an actual protective coating on, on um, uh, their metal on the rotors. And that's to avoid stuff like this and kind of dissipate these differences real quick. So can everybody get that on their car? Uh, it's not. It's on the brake system. Uh, oh, and they, um, you know, there's a lot of manufacturers that have, uh, that have attempted it. Um, this is, you're going to have, you're going into the ultra premium mm. uh, brake system. So it's a normal brake system. Uh, is for $300, expect to spend about $600 to get some. So when someone goes to get their brakes changed, it's going to be brakes plus the pads plus the rotors? Depending on what, what the car needs, really. However, <coughs> again, forgive my allergies. Um, we go to, um, so we want to prep the car for those severe changes. They're, they're about to happen. By the way, it's going to happen to your car, my car, everybody else's car, as long as we drive here in Florida. And again, for our Northern um, listeners, you're basically, you've gone through the, 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 the severest time um, of the most severe time on the brakes in the winter. So they really do work much harder. Remember something, when they're when everything, the metal itself and the pads and everything else is cold and all of a sudden you go hit that brakes and they have to go up to start working. So there's kind of a lag there. And that's one of the issues, obviously, with brakes in the northern areas. That's why in northern areas, please make sure you get the proper, proper brake job done because if you don't, you may end up having that little lag and that extra one or two seconds may actually, in, in a severe braking situation, may actually help you out tremendously. Stopping the car, not going, you know, in the, um, but what about the back end of the person in front of you. What about the slick roads, though, in Florida with the rain? I mean, I've had situations where I go to stop and all of a sudden you feel, I'm, I'm going to assume those are my anti-lock brakes. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. It's like a, you hear this like sound and you yes. like feel like you've just like, ran over a squirrel or something, but you have it. <laughs> um, okay, so the rule of thumb, and this is something that you have to remember as a driver, brakes slow down the car, tires stop the car. Again, brakes slow down the wheels, tires stop the car. See that I did. If you would have, you should have bet me on that because I would have told you it was brakes. Yeah, because if I don't care how good of a brake system you have, if you don't have good tires, you are not stopping when you need to stop as effectively as you need to stop. So, brakes, tires, very important, very, very, very important. Okay, next point, uh, fluids. Take a look at your fluids. Again, whether you're in the north or in the south, 
Um, first of all, the, the, a lot of people will say the difference is, you know, you got to have coolant up north. You don't have to have coolant down south. No. <laughs> the most important thing about coolant, that green stuff, purple stuff, whatever it is that you have in your car, is the rust inhibitors. Not just taking the water freezing point from uh, zero Celsius or 32 Fahrenheit to whatever it is, but also the rust inhibitors. We get so many cars here in Florida that have had water in their system for a long time. And by the time it gets to us, unfortunately, it's a catastrophic failure. They've, you know, we end up having to replace just about everything in the cooling system from the water pump, the radiator, the hoses. I mean, this thing sludges up so bad. So because what it, the water does to the inside of the engine is it starts to get a chemical reaction going with it called rust. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden that rust starts to spread and it starts to sludge up inside the radiator, inside the um, um, heater core, which is the same as the radiator, but it's inside the car and it's what gives you that heating effect. So all of a sudden now, we are up against a catastrophic failure. No, have always, 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 always make sure the right uh, coolant is put in your car because it does a heck of a lot more than just, um, uh, you know, changing that that freezing point of of the of water. So we got another question from Darren. He is in Orlando. Mm -hmm. He asked, "How often should someone flush the radiator in their car?" Okay, that's actually a great question. Um, back in the old days, we used to flush the radiator. Oh, that, oh, that's what we called it. What is that when you say flush the radiator? Because like you can, like you know, I like to say, yeah, we just flush the radiator. Well, what does that mean? Basically, what it means is is drain the the coolant out of the car. Um, the problem with that is back again. Back in the old days, what we used to do is there's a drain plug on the radiator. We'd open up that, and it would drain what is inside the radiator. Well, that's great, but there's only a half a gallon inside the radiator and the car takes two, three gallons. Mm -hmm. What do you do about the other stuff? <laughs> it doesn't come out. So the best way to do something like this is now we have machines that do it for you. And those machines basically, um, we hook them up to the car and they exchange the fluid with, uh, you know, take out the old coolant and put in fresh coolant inside the car. And that's really what you need done is you don't just want to drain the radiator and clean that radiator because you're cleaning it yet. Two thirds of the fluid is still there. It's going to come back and recontaminate it right back again. So yeah. you don't want to do that. You want to take everything out. By the way, that goes for, for transmissions uh, same thing. You can you can drain the transmission, um, replace the filter. How often? Wonderful. However, um, you know the best way to do it is to hook up an exchange machine to it, and or a flush machine as as it's commonly known. But really, the right term for it is it is it's a fluid exchange machine, and um, you know uh, that'll take all the fluid. <clears throat> out of the radiator or out of the coolant and then put in some fresh stuff. As far as, um, as far as coolant goes, 
it, there's a lot to it. Some people say that <clears throat> it should be replaced when it's um, based on freezing point. Well, that's wonderful, but what if it looks nasty and sludgy, <laughs> but it's still past the freezing point? Then no, it needs to be done. So again, I go back to having a good relationship with a good auto repair shop. That's when you take it in for an oil change, they're going to check the, the the quality of that fluid and right. and make sure that you're not up against the wall that, you know, um, yes, it's passing one side of it, but not you know, not being taken care of. So typically speaking, once every couple of years, depending on the area, but even in Florida, I, I would replace that coolant once every couple of years. That's good. As far as transmission goes, transmission fluid, um, you know, it, it, that it depends on the on, on the type of transmission fluid that's in there. But typically speaking, nowadays we use the full synthetic and that full synthetic is uh, once every 100,000 miles. So, we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to continue our talk about how to take care of your car in these times. Join us after the break. Straight talk about cars and maybe a little more. Overdrive Radio. Welcome back to Overdrive Radio. This is your host, Mike. And with me in the studio, I have Miss Taryn. Hello. Hello. Uh, Overdrive Radio is brought to you by Universal Tire and Auto, home of the Buy 4 Tires, get a free alignment, and also home of the... $19 regular oil change. You, you were thinking about that. No, actually, I was trying to think of uh, <laughs> what I'm going to say next <laughs> to get back into the area that we're talking about. Now, um, as far as, um, oh, don't forget the Ladies' Day. Yeah, on Fridays, we have Ladies' Day, $15 regular oil changes, and then $5 off. Is it five dollars off? Yeah, five dollars off. off if you have like a full synthetic, more of a specialty oil change. So, yeah. all right. So back to what we're talking about is how to kind of prep your car, um, uh, the the springtime maintenance uh, stuff that we need to check uh, to get it ready and out of the that winter season and into that summer season again. You know, you're going from one peak of severe cold to one peak of severe heat. Uh, car does take it does take a lot of toll on the cars. By the way, have you ever noticed uh, cars break down normally in the winter or in the summer? They hardly ever break down in this mild time of the year. Why is that? I.e., springs because it's not severe temperatures. Remember, under severe temperatures, what happens is that car works its hardest. I find now. Tell me if I'm wrong, but. The times where my battery has died, which it happens without warning, mm -hmm. for me, it has always happened in a really, really hot summer day. Yes. It's actually, believe it or not, that is when batteries work its hardest. Mm -hmm. By the way, it, one of the hardest things on batteries uh, is not to use the battery. This is actually, <laughs> this is really funny. This week we ran out of at the store and we have to replenish on Friday 
on Honda batteries. We just had a slew of Hondas in a row. We usually stock, you know, quite a few of them uh, yeah. for the Hondas because we have a lot of customers with Which Hondas. Which brings back the thing with the quarantine about how if you are at home in your car. We're going to talk about there. that in depth in a little yeah. bit. But, uh, you know, uh, because again, a lot of customers said that, uh, or not customers, but a lot of listeners said uh, that they really liked that particular episode and they wanted to talk more about it. So, and like I said, there's an extreme, there's an excellent article on the Charlottesville today, you know, that's Charlottesville, Virginia. Again, I know the one that was in the headlines and everything, but um, it, it, it really was a great, great, great um, article. And I want to highlight that and talk about it in a little bit about the quarantine and everything else. Uh, so going back to it, the next item would be to check uh, to make sure is the engine uh, air filter or, air, you know, filters in general, really. Um, air filters, again, they need to be replaced once every 15,000 miles. However... Is that the carbon air filter? No, cabin air filter? They, no. Cabin air filters is the cabin air filter, and engine air filter is the engine air filter. Okay. So the cabin air filter is your air filter, really. It filters the air that you breathe yeah. inside the car, inside the cabin, and the engine air filter is the <laughs> one... That's why they call it a cabin air filter. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no comment. Uh, All right. So uh, engine, well, engine air filters in general, they need to be replaced once every 15,000 miles. Now, uh, or again, you drive 12 to 15,000 on average, uh, 15,000 miles be a year, uh, 12 to 15,000 on average per year. That should be about a year uh, worth of usage. Except if you are in uh, dusty areas, if you are in the desert, if you are in um, areas where you drive off-roading a lot, it's all going to rely on what is the environment that the engine is trying to take a breath <laughs> from. Uh, is it going to be a dusty, um, muddy, whatever environment, or is it going to be something that's going to be just normal city driving? Again. Everything is going to be different based on the environment. Now, last but not least, well, actually, no, there's two points, but a very important point um, and definitely one of the highlights is alignments. This is one of the most missed points um, recovering from winter. Because remember, in the north, it will, actually, we have a lot of those here in the south, too. Um, potholes <laughs> yeah you hit a pothole oh, at the right lot. speed we have a lot yeah i mean well, up north you know why they they form because from the salt the, the salt yeah but we have a lot but we do have a lot here in florida so you hit a pothole in at the right speed the right angle you're going to knock that alignment out people tell me but my car is driving straight driving straight has nothing to do well it is the alignment does affect your driving you know if it's going to be straight or not or pulling or uh, going in one direction or the other. However, you could have both sides out the same amount, but they're out of specifications and they will kill the tires but, you but equally it. and you never notice it. Yeah. And that's very unfortunate, but it happens. And, you know, you come up and say, oh my God, why are my tires dead? Well, your tires are dead because your alignment's way out. So anyhow, so that's something that's extremely important. My recommendation is check your alignment at least once a year. If you are, well, tires are not cheap anymore. So to get 
um, to protect your tires, protect the way your car drives, keep as part of the maintenance that alignment. So the last point, and it's certainly not the least point, is clean the interior of the car. Yeah. <laughs> if you're up north, remember, you're going to get inside the car, your feet are going to have salt, snow, mud, whatever. If you're down south, you're going to have pollen all over you. You're going to have this, that, the other. Again, insects, pollen, we have our problems here. <laughs> they have their problems there. So clean the inside of the car. Again, it's, it's one of the easiest things to do. And at the same time, it's something that's, that's very important to, for the longevity of the interior of the car. You've got carpeting, you've got this. Maybe it's time to pull out those um, floor mats and hit them with the hose and, and, and scrub them a little bit, well, you know, <laughs> get them air dry. A good tip for parents, and right now I know it's kind of hard to come by, the, the sanitizer wipes, like the Clorox wipes and stuff, but even like baby wipes, which right now I would say leave them for the moms and stuff that have the babies, but under normal circumstances where you have access to all of these wipes, um, which you can do actually is you keep a few packages of wipes in the car and then you give them to your children where they're sitting and have them kind of wipe down where the car door is like where they're sitting mm -hmm. and they even sell like uh windex wipes mm -hmm. so the window and have them kind of wipe their windows to kind of keep their area and they have a little garbage can put it in there and it just helps you kind of maintain the car across time because when you think about being in that car all the time breathing in you know you you try to eliminate dust in your homes it helps you breathe better all of that same goes for the car that dust will sit in your car just like you vacuum your carpet and it pulls up all of that you know crap and stuff from the carpet you want to do that with the seating in the car because all that dust you're breathing it in yeah and you're in your car for a really long time yeah you know it's funny i i i I get customers sometimes that come up and, and, and say to us, you know, um, do you guys have anybody that smokes in the shop? I don't personally smoke. Um, I know there's, you know, there's, there are unfortunately some technicians that do, we don't allow them smoking cars or anywhere around cars or any of that stuff. Uh, because, you know, we have, um, I have a child that has allergies and you get inside the car and there's like half inch thick dust in there. Well, <laughs> um, Clean your cars. Clean your cars. That's extremely important, especially for allergies and stuff like that. So, um, and again, from from a sanitary or you know uh, perspective, you really need to keep your yeah, especially now. Especially now, yeah. absolutely. I mean, keep clean and sanitize and stay on top of it. And I, I, I believe it, you know everybody's talking about this new norm. I believe one of the things that we're gonna uh, one of the things we're, that's gonna stay with us coming out of this thing. Uh, is going to be uh, the cleaning and sanitizing of things and hopefully people learning and keeping the habit of washing their hands constantly and not touching their your face. <laughs> but, you know, even cleaning the interior of your car, if you don't have access right now to a lot of cleaning supplies, just warm water with soap. Yeah. And a washcloth. There's, this soap, I've heard that this soap is phenomenal. Yeah, will be perfectly fine to clean the interior of your car. You do not need fancy stuff. You don't need to go out to get anything fancy. 
something as basic as that and then you just pull an extension cord with your vacuum and you vacuum it. But I've even seen right now mm -hmm. essential services would be like considered those uh, uh, car washes mm -hmm. where you, you vacuum the car yeah, yourself. absolutely. Um, I'm going to tell you something. Um, most places, and I, I know this because – you know, we have some some big companies, uh, you know, clients of ours that sometimes call us and say, hey, can you do me a favor? This car was in um, uh, or this van was in, um, I don't know, up north somewhere and it's got a lot of salt on it. Can you please just at least rinse it for us and just quick, you know, give it a quick wash? Uh, we don't normally do that, but we will do it for some of these, um, you know, for, for someone that asks us to do that for, you know, a car that's been up north. Um, and I can tell you for sure that, um, you know, the, the, the big parts store uh, chains uh, like O'Reilly, um, Advance, AutoZone, these guys, they have what they call like a, a, a car detail or a car wash bucket. Um, I'm positive it was not that much. I think it's, it's $10 or under. Um, and it gives you a bucket full of stuff. And, you know, whether it be for the interior or exterior of the car, um, I know uh, some of the auto repair shops, I don't know if I should say this, I'm not shops, some of the auto repair, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the auto parts stores, uh, I don't know if I should say this or keep it to myself, <laughs> they, they have, they have uh, uh, like sa sanitizing sprays, um, they're the yeah. car sprays, they're going to, you're probably going to pay maybe a dollar more per spray bottle, but um, <laughs> it works just as good, yeah. kills 99.9%, .9%, so I don't know what else is closer to 100. All right, so speaking about this 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 coronavirus thing and, and then things that we're going to get to keep, one of my predictions personally, uh, now I've not read this anywhere, just so you guys know, um, this but is, this is my this personal, is yeah, this is all Mike. <laughs> yep, so for you that know me, hey, put salt, sugar, whatever you want to put on it. But anyways, um, one of the things I'm predicting is that people, because of this layoff, and whatever, and I think it makes it does make uh, sense. The cars people will be retaining their cars a little bit longer than um, say if the economy was still trucking along as we were back in February, you know, January, and how things were uh, normal. Uh, I think this 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 month, month and a half, two months, and in some situations, there you know some governors have declared that they are not going to go back till the end of June or middle of yeah. June. Absolutely depends um, on the area. Depends on the area. So, um, so the new norm, I think, I believe, is going to be a car with a higher mileage. Now, all right. So, let's talk a little bit more about higher car, uh, higher mileage cars. Now, what makes what is really considered a high mileage car? I actually do not know that answer. Okay. Well, let, let's look at it this way. Um, well, wait a minute. A high mileage car would be a car that drives a lot. Yeah, that's actually a very good, um, good shot in the dark, but good. <laughs> um, okay, so if you the the norm or the average drive uh, driver out there drives twelve to fifteen thousand miles per year, if you look at that average and you say. Um, Say you're driving twenty-five or thirty thousand, so your vehicle is considered a high mileage vehicle for that year. Okay. Okay. Now, what about a car 
that and the life expectancy of the car and um, um, is 150,000 too much is 200,000 too much. Um, all these are really excellent questions. What about 10 years? What about two years? I mean, what makes the car uh, a baby? <laughs> what makes it a kid? What makes it a toddler? What makes it a, um, you know, uh, an old man on a, on a cane, you know, on a stick or whatever, on, on a HD? I think I have an old man on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> what makes the car that? I mean, is it 20 years is too much? 10 years too much? Um, you know, look, I'm going to tell you something and, and, uh, First of all, it's going to depend on what area you live in. And you're going to think that's funny because some of these cities, like Washington, D.C., for example, or Chicago. I have a customer that came in from Chicago, moved down here from Chicago last year. They're driving their car. Their car's in excellent condition. I know you're going to laugh when I tell you it's got 450,000 miles on it. Oh my gosh. So no, no. My car is now a teenager. Yes. <laughs> now <laughs> you that understand. So let's put things into perspective. Now you might say, Whoa, what the, what? Yes. That car has 450,000 miles. Now for that area, I'm not going to say average, but I'm going to say that that car has a lot of miles, but not really that much now or not extremely high. Why? Well, this customer works in Chicago, but they live in Wisconsin. So oh, they're commuters. They are commuting two and a half hours each way to get to work. Now, you and I living here in Orlando, Florida, <laughs> may turn around and say, are you crazy? Well, guess what? No. Because the price of the house may be 100000 uh, in Wisconsin, while in Chicago is probably 700000 for the same house, or maybe even a million. So, and for some people, five hours in the car is something that they want to do. Oh, my gosh. I personally don't. That's why I live in yeah. Florida. Okay, we need to take a break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about... Um, uh, what is considered a high mileage vehicle? When should I pull the plug on a car? What should I do? Is my car in good shape? All that good stuff. Join us after the break. Florida Man Radio. No BS. No fancy schmancy highfalutin gearhead stuff. Just straight talk, honest opinions, and real world advice about your car. This is Overdrive Radio listening to Overdrive Radio, powered by Universal Tire and Auto, home of the buy four tires and get a free alignment. So we're talking about car maintenance, right? Well, now we're talking about um, what makes a car high mileage car, uh, considered to be a high mileage car, or not. Okay, so before we do that, though, I want to give away some free oil changes. Um, at Universal Tire and Auto, we are located in Longwood. We're across from uh, South Seminole Hospital on 434. It can be any kind of oil change, uh, be it regular or uh, whatever your car might take. Uh, to do that, you're going to have to send us a text message. High mileage. And <laughs> the promo code is going to be high mileage. And the phone number is 407 995-9665. Again, that's 
And the promo code is high mileage. And we will take the first four texts. Wow. Yeah. Why not? Let's go. Rock and roll. Okay. So 407-995-9665. Yes. Rock and roll, baby. Okay. So um, here we go. <laughs> Can you mute it, please? Uh, all right. So no. Hey, guys, please send us. Uh, Nothing sweeter in my heart than to give away those oil changes. All right. So um, is high mileage bad? Uh, what is considered to be high mileage? All that good stuff. Okay. Let me give you a little background. In the 60s and 70s, again, not a participant myself, um, but in the 60s and 70s, if you guys remember, for the older, uh, uh, you know, people that are um, older than I am, um, vehicle odometers back then only went up to 9999 99999 uh, 999,999 miles. 999,999 999,999 miles. It never actually hit 100,000. Really? And, well, when it got to that, it flipped over back to one. <clears throat> kind of a subliminal message. <laughs> this car's done. Throw it away. <laughs> I guess no. So um, cars back then like a hundred thousand miles was oh was a lot a lot yeah <laughs> you know thanks to a lot of of course advancement in and precision manufacturing um a hundred thousand is you literally now just breaking a car in um so it, i don't know if it was a subliminal message but you know going back and remembering um what i've heard from a lot of people a hundred thousand miles really meant at least a rebuild, an engine rebuild that you, you, you know, you took it to your mechanic, your mechanic took out the engine. Um, they had to rebuild the whole thing, you know, take it apart, <clears throat> machine it, change, you know, be it pistons, rings, etc. What was the car that my, I, my father had, he bought it when he was in his twenties. It was like a, a sports car yeah he had it souped up he had the engine rebuilt in it right mm -hmm. like it was like a race car like mm -hmm. you know you want to race it on mm -hmm. the road type of car love the car anyway so he loved it but then he got into um carpet installation so that wasn't very um feasible practical. to have or practical <laughs> to have a car like that so anyway he had to unfortunately get rid of it and you know, in order to have the carpeting and to be able to put it into kind of more of a van type of situation. So anyway, a few years down the road, he found out that the car that he sold it to somebody got stolen and the cops found it year, like burnt to a crisp. But emptied though. They took they everything, took out, everything of it. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you know, some, 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 some of these uh, cars back then, you know, American muscle, man. Uh, some of these cars were were just just a work of art. So, anyhow, um, so really, what makes uh, so that's to kind of give you a, some sort of a kind of a historical background on this. You know, sixties, seventies, these cars really, if they made it to hundred thousand, that was actually a good thing. Um, nowadays, hundred thousand miles, you're basically breaking a car in. Matter of fact, a lot of um, Statistics show that most cars um, 
the average life expectancy average is 200,000 miles. Now, you got to take into account that a lot of these cars, they get hit and totaled by the insurance companies, and they're not necessarily 100% bad. You know, they're just, you know, the value of repairs, you know, over 75, 50%, whatever, whatever the criteria for that particular insurance agency is. Um, anyhow, or insurance company. Anyhow, so really 100,000 miles is nothing but breaking the car in. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me this question, and I've, I've had this, this actually question thrown at me as early as maybe a week ago. Uh, should I buy, buy this car? It's got 125 or 150,000 miles on it. Well, you know, how is the car maintained? The biggest question is not what the mileage is. What state is the car in? Has that transmission been changed? Uh, the fluid been changed every um, 100,000 miles, being, you know, uh, a synthetic transmission fluid? Um, has the coolant been been uh, flushed or as we had talked about uh, before or serviced every so many thousands of miles, depending on the vehicle, the make, whatever, what the manufacturer deems necessary. One of the most important, I think, books that you should have in your hand if you're looking at a car is the first thing you ask a person is, let me have your maintenance book. And by the way, what that means is, if you're going to ask that question, you better maintain one yourself. So it is a great idea. I have a few customers, um, a lot, not necessarily, you know, uh, just a few that walk in to, to the shop and say, they open up a little notebook and say, my car has 59, 970, whatever. Um, I'm here to do my 60,000 mile service. By the way, you know you can get it done outside of the dealer. There's a law on that. <laughs> so uh, don't let the dealers tell you that um, it has to be done by them. Otherwise, it'll void the warranty on the car. That's, that's illegal, unethical, and immoral. You can get it done wherever you want to get it done at. And it will not affect your warranty. So, um, you know, or my car is at this mileage. I need one, two, three, four, five done. Your best friend in this situation is going to be, number one, your um, owner's manual. Number two, Google. Because you can Google what is due. What? Uh, let's say you lost your owner's manual. Start up your own maintenance book. It's okay. It, as long as you've got it written down, as long as you've got it documented that I've had this service done, this service done, this service done, and you've had it done, and you've got the proof of it, it your car is in, in great shape. I've had this, this question asked to me. My car is 20 years old. Um, do I need to spend, I mean, this, this $1,000 repair to get it back in, 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 into 100% again? Um, is the car worth it? My question to the person is, okay, great. Your car's in excellent shape, $1,000, or what is the value to replace this car? How much money do you have to pay to get something as reliable and in that good of a condition as what you have? So because people will say, oh, I'm not spending $1,000 on my car. 
I'll get rid of it and get another car. Well, great. Get rid of it and get another car. Yeah, do you have $5,000 <laughs> to get another car? Well, that's one. But yeah. how much are you going to get for a car that's not working? Or it's working very poorly? Yeah. So, again, and how much are you going to have to spend to get a car as reliable and as good? Now, what about Carfax? How can people use that? That is, that is a phenomenal tool. And I'll tell you something. One of the things that we have access to is Carfax. And, um, and Carfax allows me as a shop to look at your car and pull up the Carfax history on it. And I don't mean the, the accidents and everything else. I mean the maintenance history on it and look at it and say, oh, this customer really takes good care of his car. I can see oil changes every 3,000 miles, can I, every 5,000 miles. But can, a normal, can just a person on the street, can they access Carfax for their vehicle? You can, absolutely. I believe it's a membership. I was about to say it might be a membership. And if thing. you have an issue, I mean, if you want a link or something, contact us. We'll, we'll hook you up. That's not an issue. I'm not trying to sell you Carfax. That's not my uh, thing. But, um, you know, if that's what you would like to do, then, then contact us. We'll be more than uh, happy to help. And even simpler, if you don't want to keep a book, if it's like, gosh, I can't manage that on top of everything that I'm doing. Go to a reputable shop that reports to Carfax like we do. Um, majority of shops nowadays, I don't want to say all, but a lot of the shops nowadays report to Carfax. That's how come we can pull the history and look at it and say, <clears throat> this car's been maintained well. Uh, this car's not been maintained well. In a lot of situations, I've had uh, customers walk in and say, I don't know if I've had my timing belt done. And I'll look up the history on Carfax and say, oh, hold on. Uh, it says right here that it was done on the car, um, you know, a year ago. So you're good. At this mileage, keep track of it. So that's a, an extremely important tool. And so that go to transfers, a place that does re report yeah, the car facts. But that transfers, say you buy a used car because it's based on the VIN number, right? Mm -hmm. And so it transfers. It has nothing to but, do with anything else but the VIN number. What I was going to say was on top of Carfax, on top of if you can't manage to keep like a book or something like that, take your receipts when you go to the auto repair shop. Make yourself a little folder and just throw your receipts in there. So if, if, if nothing else, you at least have something that you shows that you had your oil changes and different things like that, that if you need, by to the way, you can the send that stuff to Carfax and Carfax will report it for you. Um, I know that because I know one of my customers asked me the other day, um, uh, I'm due for, for a um, rotation and I brought it to you guys and you guys rotated and uh, Carfax just sent me a thing saying that it needs a rotation again. And I said, I'm actually here. Here's my report on Carfax, and it says that it was reported. So, um, again, the customer contacted Carfax and says, no, it was done. Oh, yep, we see it, The kind of the two crossed in the mail. So um, it, it's, it's, it's an extremely important tool. So Carfax will help you determine that, that high mileage vehicle. Now, um, we need to take a break. When we come back from the break, um, we're going to be talking about what other things to take into consideration when looking at uh, or treating an old, um, an older vehicle or high mileage vehicle. Uh, what should I do to make it last the longest for me? So join us after the break. Florida Man Radio. Face it, real life in Central Florida usually comes back to having a reliable ride. 
Overdrive Radio. Straight talk about how to protect your car, protect your family, and protect yourself from getting ripped off. Welcome back to Overdrive Radio. Uh, this is Mike, your host, and with me in the studio is Taryn. Hey. Hello. And it is bought to you by Universal Tire and Auto, home of the buy four tires, get a free alarm. Okay. So <clears throat> in our last segment here, um, I want to end. The problem is I'm not, nowhere near done. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe I talked too much, but hey. <laughs> so, but uh, so. Again, should I, to clarify better, should I buy a used car uh, with higher mileage or not? I'm going to tell you something. If the car is maintained and it's maintained well, it will last, and it will last a long time. Take it to your mechanic. Take, take it to your uh, shop that you go to, and hopefully reputable, good shop, um, and let them take a look at it. Let them tell you. Let them figure out what um, what the car needs immediately, what the car is coming up on, all that good stuff. And then you can make a more of an educated decision whether that particular car, car is a good buy or not a good buy. Again, it's a case-by-case case situation. These cars are not what they used to be. Not your daddy's car, as they say, not your daddy's Buick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, these cars are not the same anymore. Because of precision manufacturing, these cars can last a very long time. So, especially you, when it's when they're maintained very well. Go ahead. So, would you would you recommend if somebody is buying a car? I know I don't want to get into buying cars, but if they go to buy a used car, is it recommended to search based on mileage or not, or more based on what kind of car you want? And no, then what kind of car you determine. want? What kind of car is practical for you? And then make a determination based on the mileage there. And you know what? Kelly Blue Book is available for everybody, guys. You can look at it, determine if the car is a good buy, not a good buy, and all that good stuff. Okay, so uh, what problems can come from high mileage uh, vehicles? Well, there's a few things that you can look at that will actually, um, you know, Determine if there if there are going to be problems. Let's say you don't have a good reputable place. You're in North Dakota somewhere, <laughs> 50 miles away, 100 miles away, 200 miles away from your mechanic. Blah blah blah. Whatever. You don't have the time. You don't have the uh, place. You're too far, etc. Uh, what do you do? Well, it, it, there are things to look at. Um, is it a good buy or not a good buy? Uh, or what? Um, again, we're not talking about that. I'm sorry. We're talking about what problems can come up with from from uh, having an older older car. Um, automatic transmission. If an automatic transmission has not been maintained well, you can rest assured that it will go out on you. What is an automatic transmission? Automatic transmission is the transmission that you have next to you when you put it in drive or park or whatever. You really don't know. <laughs> no, I really don't know. <laughs> you work in an auto repair shop? Oh, my God. Hey, I don't do uh, the cars. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're advertising. I know. Okay. So it's that thing that when you, um, if it's in park, you take it out, put it in reverse, whatever. It's that thing is called trans. Well, what you're seeing there is the shifter. But again, that's all part of the transmission. So the automatic transmission Obviously, hopefully you know the difference between automatic transmission and a manual transmission. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, the automatic transmission, it's got it, it it's got blood, it's got fluid, 
it's just like a human world, just like a human being in that sense, that is not in everything, but um, it, that it has its own fluid that it lives off. Of. Now, the, what happens to that fluid is if it does not get maintained, um, just like any other fluid, just like the regular oil that you have in your car, if that oil is not maintained every whatever it is, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, whatever your manufacturer deems necessary for your car, if it's not maintained, that oil is expired. It doesn't do its job anymore. So most, most, um, one of the articles I'm looking at is an older article that says at 100,000 miles, you expect <laughs> to replace your transmission, automatic transmission. That's, that's not correct. Nowadays, the fluid is requested to be replaced at 100,000 miles because especially the full synthetic fluid. Um, so, one of the things to look at is to look at that transmission fluid uh, based on mileage, look at it, make sure that it is maintained. If it's maintained well, I can promise you there are a lot of vehicles that I know, a uh, lot of vehicles that I've seen that are in the two, three, four hundred thousand mile range and the transmission still functioning as good as it was before. So maintain it, maintain it, maintain it. I can't say that enough. Uh, look for your particular car, your particular application. Most vehicles nowadays are going to be around the 100,000 mile mark for um, replacing the automatic transmission fluid. Now, not the Hyundais and the Kias. Those cars, unfortunately, they follow kind of a, uh, they, they, they tend to use much cheaper uh, stuff and they take regular oil, for example. Most other cars take full synthetic oils. They last longer. That's why the other cars last longer. These cars, unfortunately, they don't. So anyhow, that's why they're a lot cheaper. So there's pros and cons to everything. All right. So let's go to the other thing. Um, this article is really interesting. It says batteries, brakes, uh, brake pads, tires. Um, uh, you know, listen, uh, that th those items are what we call maintenance items they're gonna look tires are gonna last only so long 40 50 60 70 000 miles whatever it is that that tire is good for uh brakes they're gonna last typically between uh if it's if the brake job is done properly and good it lasts between 50 to 70 000 miles but it has to be done after that so um you know if it's not proper brake job it can last 10,000 can last 5,000 miles um, but some of the other things to look at, and typically speaking, things that are going to break down at the hundred to 200,000 mile range is a few fuel pumps, water pumps, um, timing belts need to be replaced. You do not want, I'm going to tell you this, and please understand if you get nothing out of what I said today, pay attention to this statement. Do make sure that you maintain your timing belt. Because if that goes in most applications, you will destroy your engine. So make sure that you replace the timing belt at the interval that your manufacturer specifies. And most of them start at 60,000. And a lot of them now are at 100 or 105,000 miles. So please make sure to get that done. Now, in an older engine, something that is extremely important to do. And if you do it from 
75,000 miles plus, I guarantee you, your engine will last a very long time. And that is use high mileage oil changes or high mileage oil. The reason why that oil is formulated, listen, after so many usages, remember we talked about engines last longer because of precision manufacturing. What, if you want me to put it in technical terms, and I don't want to really get into very technical terms, but the gaps inside the engine are instead of in the 60s and 70s being in the hundredth of an inch, of an inch now they're in the hundred thousands of an inch. So they've gone, they've gotten a thousand times better and more accurate on the gaps inside the engine. So what that means to you is the engine will last longer. However, just naturally and normally from usage at 75,000 miles, those gaps are going to loosen up just a little bit. So you want the better oil, which is the high mileage oil, so that can get in there and kind of pick up that slack, if you like. That slack, picking up that slack will help your engine last longer. So again, uh, I've heard this and, and you know, from uh, one of our other uh, members of this cast that's not here now, but hopefully he's listening. Um, it, it, you know, Nate, I've heard him say this to people. Uh, listen, um, it's like water and Gatorade. They both quench your thirst, but which is better for your body? So it is up to you. However, if it was me, and it is, and by the way, for my vehicles, I use, uh, you know, what do you call it? I use the uh, High mileage. higher mileage oil change yeah. because it lasts and it just takes care of the car better. All right. So what do I do with my older cars? We only got a couple of minutes, so I'm going to run. <laughs> so um, fix any problems immediately. Don't hesitate because again, you know, one bad part can lean on another bad part. Uh, believe it or not, that actually does happen. Uh, it makes another part work harder. Uh, it's it's older. All of a sudden, now you've got a ca catastrophic failure versus a regular small failure. So fix your stuff immediately. The next thing is choose a high quality replacement part. If you go to your uh, uh, auto repair shop and they say, "I got a cheap part for this much or an expensive uh, or a good part for this much," choose the better one. You don't always have to go with the cheaper one. Follow your maintenance manual. Again, your maintenance manual, that book that we just talked about you making, that is going to be the lifeline of your view. Keep it clean. Keep the car in, in, I mean, you know what? Take care of the outside of the car. Psychologically, it'll make you feel better about the car. Drive gently. You know what? you got a car that's got 250,000 miles. Don't drive it like it just came out of the showroom. <laughs> so, you know, take care of it, baby. And then... One of the most important things to do, guys, is get the right um, uh, get the right coverage on the car, get the right things, so you're not constantly driving concerned. Don't you know these? As as I heard in one of the commercials, those cut rates, insurances, and stuff like that. I'm not trying to you know have a commercial for anybody. I'm just trying to tell you that take care of your car; it will take care of you. Now. Obviously, um, uh, 
you know, there are shortcuts that you can have, <coughs> but not, not all shortcuts are good shortcuts. So you have any questions, absolutely give us a shout. We will be more than happy to help. Yeah, you can visit us at universaltireandauto.com. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. We're at Universal Tire and Auto. And give us a call at 407-636-4033. We'll be more than happy to answer any of your questions. And of course, uh, if you go on our website, you can get our email from there and send us whatever question you need. Again, the uh, website is universaltireandauto.com. At the end of this broadcast, I appreciate uh, your presence with us and thank you for picking us in your quarantine time. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Join us next week for another exciting and new episode. God bless us all. God bless America.